Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Council Podcast. My name is Andrew Spritzer. As always, I am here with Ryan Pilara, Mitch Miller, and Gavin motherfucking Pfeiffer. What's up, dudes? <laughs> I love the intro. Yeah, that was I, nice. I'm just really upset that you didn't say my last name. Like, it's cool. I did Whatever, say your dude. last name. Did you? Not like it was cool, though. Yeah. Well, like, it's not cool. Yeah, <laughs> whatever thanks man you know sometimes like tuesday is kind of like a like a yeah it's, it's tuesday you know but tuesday suck as soon as i hop on here with you guys you know i'm feeling good i'm in a better mood than i was and i'm ready to chat it up with the boys i was i think i think mitch and i were talking about this last week like us playing video games and stuff together it's not for me like about the video game it's about hanging and talking with you guys so that's yeah. what's great about this. Something that we need to cherish forever. And this is a good opportunity to just catch up with each other and talk about some shit. You just being in here shit. for like an hour. It's 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 nice. Yeah. It gets you, I like it, it. It gets you feeling good. I always go to bed feeling good on Tuesdays. Feeling good. Like a shit. Dude, that was the song I suggested last week, and I'm still bopping to it. So yeah. That leads us right in. We'll start out with our song suggestion segment i've got one for you guys a newer song it is called diamonds dancing featuring travis scott by young thug and gunna it's 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 a banger travis's verse is real nice um is it new? Would, yeah it's new thug's new album so mm. check it out I'm always a sucker for a real nice Travis Scott verse, and there's a good one on that song. So check her out. But Very anybody nice. else got one? No, I got a. Well, I've just been listening to those um, remixes, big booty remixes. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, dude. Been traveling a little bit recently, and I just throw those bad boys on shout out to uh santi and probably cody i think it's both them right yeah i think they introduced me to them yeah they definitely have introduced us <clears throat> but those are good yeah i like them they slap. Yeah, what are big booty remixes you look it up Ryan, on like youtube or spotify it's, it's what we were playing at your house where it's just like a bunch oh, of songs meshed together did we play it for power hour um no no, no, we did not. Okay. Oh, dang. But there's like bass drops in between, and it's really good to just throw on if you're at a party or just a hangout or something. Because everybody knows the songs, but then there's also like little little ad-libs in, in the middle that people can pick up on and like, oh, that was funny. Uh, I like that. It's yeah, they're good. cool. I do not have any um, song suggestions but i've watched the big short twice in the last week and that movie is awesome that movie slaps yes very very it's funny and it's very informative who's in that just about anybody that you yeah christian bale's in it ryan gosling steve carell um margot robbie margot robbie's in it dude there are so many Uh, selena gomez is in it for like a second brad pitt's in it Dude, it's it's such a good movie. It. You really should watch it. It's about the housing market crisis. 
Oh, okay. It's like cool. But yeah, but it's, it's cool. like it's comedic. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, it, A little bit. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't be laughing about it, but we do. No, no, yeah. The movie, the movie shed some humor on a really bad situation. <laughs> I mean, it's a horrible situation, but you can laugh. All right, so before we get into today's topic, I wanted to ask some questions that um, actually they were brought up when I was down in Nashville a couple weekends ago, but I thought it was a really good question. I was like, hey, I'm going to ask boys that on the podcast. So... Question number one, if you could kill baby Hitler, but be sentenced to death, would you do it? This is like, this is really bad territory. Cause like, no matter what I answer, people are going to be like, you're a horrible person or somebody's going to be like, you're anti-Semitic or something. And no, I just don't know how to answer this. (laughs) Screw that. Okay. Um, see that's hard like if you actually believe in like the butterfly effect or something like that like how different could our world be if you did do that i mean let's just let's just think as simply as possible like if you kill hitler world war ii does not happen i disagree does not happen i i know that that's not realistic but i'm saying for the sake of the question Oh, so for the sake of the question, that's what happens. Like the Holocaust doesn't happen. World War II doesn't oh, happen. So okay. you're talking like tens of well, millions, things. tens of millions of lives are saved by you killing this baby, but then being sentenced. So to we're death. saying only only positive things can come from this, right? Yeah, yeah. that's what we're well, initially saying. Here, here's the negative: well, don't alter the question. <clears throat> I mean, you can't really get any worse, much worse than the Holocaust. So yeah. It's almost yeah, but, like the the railroad question, like, do I kill one person or kill five people, depending on who that one person is? If that one person is your loved one, do you kill five other people or kill your loved one? This is a tough question because it's like you versus saving 15 million people or however many million people. No, but yeah, like what if, people are inherently selfish. Or or what what if you maybe your kid, your grandkid, your great grandkid ends up solving, you know, like the cure for cancer or something, like something, you know, huge, right? Then would it be worth it? Mm, interesting. Because he could save millions of lives in the future versus the past. Maybe you don't know. Drew, I'm going to circle back for you. No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> Thank you. You're, you're I'll not just give you a clean cut answer. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm probably not doing it either. Yeah, I feel like the events have already unfolded and we just, I mean, we're just going to leave it there. Yeah, wouldn't do it. The only reasoning I can think of is if I did it, then there is a greater chance that America never comes out of its depression. Mm. Or it could happen on a bigger scale because that's never happened. So we don't have, you know, history to... To teach us, right? Yeah. So maybe it happens in the future on a larger scale with like nuclear weapons. That was just the first thing I thought of of why I wouldn't do it. Yeah, there's a lot of different um, thought routes that you could go with that question. That's that's a very that's a very in depth question. Yeah, you got something like liked more lighthearted. I liked it. It's quite the brain boner, eh? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you see, that's even better. It, it gives my brain a boner. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um. Personally, if I were to just see it, it would also be different. Like if you were growing up back when in the forties, or if you were growing up like we are right now. It's very true. Yeah, if you live through it, then that's definitely something you would probably probably say yes to. Yeah, it's tough, man. But that's the thing, though. The people at the time didn't like the average person at the time probably necessarily really didn't know of the horrors that happened. So, that's in true. a lot of ways, we're more informed than a lot of the general public was at that time. It's a good point. But hey, listeners, let us know: Would you kill baby Hitler or not? Everybody's gonna be like, "Yeah." It's a loaded question. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the caveat is you get killed. That's it's very easy to just say yes to it. I feel like, but if you actually think through it, it's actually a very difficult decision. And you really have to focus on the fact that you are going to get killed because of it. Mm-hmm. I forgot that about changes that part. everything. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a big part, Gav. Well, I still, I, I still <laughs> where I live. So, yeah, fair enough. All right, follow up question: Who was a worse person, Hitler or Jeffrey Dahmer? Like what? morally, and like, you know, who was a worse person? You gotta say Hitler, right? Because the effect that he had was on a much larger audience than Jeffrey Dahmer did. True. But yeah, yeah, yeah was no, able definitely. to convince people that his thinking was the right way. Well, Dahmer probably, okay, maybe a handful of people like was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but right? Dahmer like mutilated and was a cannibal and had sex with corpses and was a serial killer like but what a guy yikes hitler (laughs) hitler facilitated all of those things as well yeah i mean hitler um right through like well not necessarily that but like all those things that you named like mutilation and i'm sure there was some necrophiliaism going on in concentration camps like and that's probably not unlikely you know a lot of those things that Dahmer did Hitler facilitated through the Holocaust so I mean yeah they try to have to go with Hitler like experiments and stuff like surgeries exactly all that stuff and that's that's basically what Dahmer is doing here's an even more interesting question would we be where we're at in the world right now if not for all of the science enhancements that came during hitler's reign that's kind of uh that's a really really tough ethical question to ask because a ton of medical advancements came from all of the testing that they did on people which is extremely inhumane i'm not saying that it's not inhumane but we what came from it do you know i i just don't know anything I don't have any specific examples, but I'll get to the punchline in a second. Give me a second. So not only the medical enhancements, but all of the work that they did with advanced weaponry, with rockets, all that stuff obviously helped our space program, Project Paperclip. We asked Nazi scientists to come and work in the United States. 
not even remotely unheard of. Like this was commonly known. Well, not, I guess it wasn't known at the time. They did bring him in under aliases and stuff like that, but now is extremely commonly known. We may not have made it to the moon without Nazi scientists. If you believe that we made it, but. Oh God, Mitch, please don't. <laughs> Shut up. We already talked about that. Oh, that's so good. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's something. Well, fuck when you put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I agree. I would, I think I would agree that Hitler was probably worse. But that doesn't mean that Dahmer was a good person by any means. But you know what I'm saying. I'd probably pick Hitler from a numbers standpoint. Yeah. Well, that being said, nice little uh, brain simulation to start us off here. Um, We'll get into today's topic, which is ethics, progression, the future of sports. And most of this talk is probably going to be centered around baseball, to be honest. But it's all interesting stuff regardless. It's not to be golf. And as I say that, the first question is probably not really going to be as tailored towards baseball, but it's a very common question. A lot of research has been done. A lot of opinions are had. Should college athletes be paid? No. I love it because I disagree. I was hoping we didn't all agree. I, I, I totally disagree with that as well. All right, you think they but, should or but Mitch, Mitch, provide the argument. They absolutely should, but let's hear it. Okay, well, I just got to think through this one. I, I would just say from like a personal side of things, why should they get paid for what they do? Most of them, I mean, the ones we watch at least, are getting full rides anyways, right? So they're getting their school paid for. Now, granted, you know, maybe they're not using that degree once they get out i don't know that's hard that's a hard one but i'm gonna say just from the standpoint of most of them are probably getting free rides yeah i mean that's that's probably that's definitely the number one argument against it but i mean these these students keep in mind they're still students having to go through school and take classes are working full-time jobs or more than full-time jobs playing their sport, especially like men's football, men's basketball. Those are the two biggies probably, I would say. Okay, but now think, okay, they're doing that. So let's say that's their job and it's paying for their school, right? Now, someone like me, I worked, you know, all throughout college, you know, pretty full-time. I'm working like 40 hours a week almost. And I couldn't even pay for my school. I could barely pay for my rent. So like where they're getting a lot more pay because they're putting probably more hours in. Yeah. They're practicing every day. They got to go to school too. We all know that it's hard work. I I don't disagree there. It is. It's hard work to keep up with the the sport and the school and whatever, but I'm saying people are doing that outside of just sports. Like, you know, we can go to a 40 hour work week and go to school and not even pay for it. Yeah. But I would argue that the amount that, the student athlete, depending on the sport, the amount the student athletes work and put into school plus the sport would be less than minimum wage. 
if I had to guess. Realistically, you're looking at most like four-year colleges somewhere in the 35 to 55,000 a year range for schooling and then maybe an extra like, I don't know, 15,000 for, uh, for the housing, depending on, you know, what they're in. Um, so you're looking at like maybe 60, 70,000 at the top and they're probably putting in quite a bit more than 40 hours a week. So maybe not less than minimum wage, but in some cases, definitely less than minimum wage. Right. Yeah, and just for that, like, fact, I think I'd want to see, like, a breakdown and see how close it is. Yeah, like, sure, and be, it depends but... on the school, right? Yeah. If the school's I mean, 15000 then they're definitely not getting their money's worth for the amount of work that they're putting in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I could see. I want to hear Gav. I want to know what Gav has to say, because he also said no. So, we're two on two here, which is nice. But, Gav, why Why do you think no? Um, I th- I think no for a lot of reasons what Mitch said. I also I think no to an extent. I think there is <clears throat> I think there's a fine line between athletes not getting paid and then athletes not getting compensated for exploitation. Um I don't know if Elaborate. I uh, <clears throat> I think I know where you're coming from. There like there are there are probably some athletes that have just been exploited by their universities because they're probably the top athlete and they're probably not seeing any sort of like commission from that. And the school is heavily profiting off their image. Um, but at the same time, I think if you start paying athletes, then you're going to see a larger divide in um where talent goes that's a good point that's a good point yeah i I think if like a great not i mean i guess it's not really an example but like i mean al like everyone if you're the top athlete you most likely go to alabama for football yeah so it already happens yeah, but but now if you now if that's that school can actually if if you could get paid tomorrow as a college athlete, Alabama can put up the money today and other c- schools who do compete well in their conferences might not be able to. So now someone else is going to look towards other areas. Yeah, but but this is something that would have to be structured. They wouldn't yeah, just would be blindly say, OK, you can pay student athletes now. It, you know, there would be caps, there would be For sure. certain amounts that you couldn't, I, I totally get what you're saying too. Like the most common example I would say, or most recent example is Zion Williamson. Zion and Duke played North Carolina and Obama came to the game. They, they easily, even if they were like giving him money on the side, they easily made more money having Zion on the team on a full ride, full housing, any kickbacks that he might've oh, yeah. gotten than him actually put like, then, you know, they, they just made way more money than what they were paying him essentially. And he had an accident in that game and that could have ended his entire career You're without getting, without here. getting a single dime. Yeah. Now I do have another counter argument to why student athletes should be paid. And you'll probably like it because it has to do with sports gambling. With sports gambling and an athlete that's not getting paid, there's a much larger incentive to throw a game. 
an athlete that's compensated appropriately and and there's very rare cases right like zion is a guy that maybe would have made like a few hundred thousand millions of dollars playing college basketball he's one of the very few examples but in a lot of cases a sports bookie or you know a better or whatever could come to a college athlete and be like hey here's two hundred thousand dollars if you throw this game or something like that and you kind of eliminate that if you actually start paying the players. You don't fully eliminate it, right? Because not everybody's going to have the exact same, um, you know, yearly salary or whatever it is from a, from an athlete standpoint. But yeah. you you start to mitigate that to where the basically only the big shark gamblers could, you know, throw off a game. And to just envelope all that, you guys are touching on it. But I mean, the bottom line is these schools, these organizations are making so much money off of these athletes' names and their likenesses. Like March Madness generates, I don't have a number exactly, but hundreds of millions of dollars. And that's just one single tournament. And how many, like, at how many, at how many college athletes become known from that tournament? And then you got like all the bowl games and college football, like, the money that the colleges are making off of these students is absolutely just blows away what these college scholarships are covering for these students. And Ryan touched on it, but another one of my big points is not only are these athletes playing for free, essentially they're, they're risking injury. They're trying to prove themselves so that they can play at the next level. They're putting their future, they're gambling on their future. If they get hurt, they're fucked because chances are, especially the big name guys, they're going to school for what? What's their degree going to be in? They're not going to be taking engineering. They're not going to be doing anything high level. So if they get hurt and their playing career is over, what do they have to fall back on? Nothing. In a lot of cases. Sometimes when you're that big of a name, you can fall back and like coach or like start your own academy or something. Yeah, I I get what you're saying there. I I just want to add to the points that we made about athletes not getting paid, not to mention what the schools make. Okay. Schools are raising tuition to those assholes. They make a shit ton of money on sports and they keep raising tuition. Um, But yeah, think of, I I literally just looked it up. $1.18 billion dollars and ad revenue was made by CBS and Turner Sports just based on 2019 March Madness tournament. And And none of that money goes to the schools. That's kind of like the the gross thing is they're capitalizing off them. They're not seeing anything return. That's the biggest argument. I can see that argument, but in the standpoint, now we're trying to argue, I feel like two different things. It's like, like our, should they be paid? I don't think so from like the whole scholarship standpoint. That's what they're getting all their, you know, money. But should the schools and like, you know, everything else be capitalizing off of them? No. How would they not? It doesn't, since, but it since, doesn't matter if we think that. I know. Since they are, the then maybe, yeah. I know. Since they are, yeah, maybe they should somehow get a kickback. You know, maybe not. A, I don't know. It's hard. Maybe not a salary some sort it's, of it's I mean, really hard i think it's kind of ridiculous they can't even sell their own autographs and shit like that right yeah, yeah. like that's stupid like they, there should be a little bit like at least less strict rules around it 
that, and it, that's what people are calling for is less strict rules. They want, they want athletes to be able to make money off their likeness. And maybe that comes in the form of Adidas sponsoring an athlete. If it, if it were to be implemented, it would need to, there would be a lot that would need to go in it. Like, would you, would there be a certain like bottom line wage that all the athletes would receive? Would you get like performance bonuses? Like, cause some guys go into college, they're completely unknown. By the time they're a junior or senior, they're just tearing it up and everybody knows who they are. So like, how would yeah, you regulate what, how much money they're getting? I, um, all that stuff also. I would say something it. like, you know, the school can't pay them, but they can get, you know, they can make their living a different way, right? Whether that be like brand deals or something like that, or like maybe the whole, let's say it's like college basketball, the whole association would pay each player a certain salary so it's not so competitive so you don't have talent you know hoarding at one school like kind of like gavin was saying um and you know so there's not like a huge like gap between you know bigger name schools versus smaller ones hey that's, uh, yeah that's that's what i think would be one of the hardest struggles is figuring out how to pay everyone because the ninth guy on the bench isn't going to make even remotely as yeah. much money as a superstar mm-hmm. on a team for sure. So you got to find a good balance there. And it's, and it's, it's even harder because it's like, it's not the NBA, you know, there's so many thousands of, or a few thousand division one college basketball athletes or something like that. But there's only like a thousand, a few hundred, um, extra hundred like NBA players. So it's a lot easier to pay the lower guys, like 500,000, which is still like amazing money. Right. But have guys that are making 40 million a year but they understand that it's a profession at that point. It's not an amateur sport, which college basketball is technically, or college sports are actually amateur. It's tough. I, I think that, I think that this is one of my biggest um, like arguments for why basically any sport, you should be allowed to go pro before going to college. Like you should be able to go from high school or whatever. If you're 16 years old and you can play baseball in the MLB, you should be able to play baseball in the MLB. You know? Yeah. And maybe that's even due to like other sports besides baseball. They don't have like a, um, a farm system. It's kind of just like you're either on the team or you're not on the team. Right. That's so trying like, yeah, like I know, but basketball and football, like you have to go to college in order to get recognized to go or even just to play because you have to play two years or whatever. In most cases. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, there should be limitations on that. I think there, I mean, if you work out that, then maybe that can limit like having to pay the players. Gav, did you have something? Did say he's queuing something up? I was trying to unmute myself. Yeah, I was just, I wasn't going to jump in, but uh, I think the biggest thing I can take away is that I agree that there, when you guys were talking earlier about, um, universities make way too much fucking money and the right people don't see it. I a hundred percent agree. And that's why I think like, I think I'm on the side of like the NCAA and universities as a whole make way too much money, but I don't think the answer right away should be, okay, so let's pay the athletes because there's a lot of programs in the university who bring also a fuck ton of money to the university. 
and it's just as hard for them. Not saying athletes, athletes obviously bring the most to any university, but um, just like there needs to be a, it just needs to all be funneled back in because I don't think it is. Like, I, I think they're just largely just capping on all their income and they're not changing how much like the athletes are getting. Like if an if you're a school where your athletes are like complaining about struggling, like there should you like, if their tuition's already free, there needs to be some sort of like salary, but not necessarily like a salary. Like it's yeah, your, a stipend. It'd be like a grant. Yeah, it's like your, it's like your athletic stipend and, and it can increase and decrease based on how you're doing based on your likeliness, stuff like that. But I don't know, like Ryan said, like, how do you set pay scales? And then even you can even say like, what happens when some top stud is in the NCAA is making close to what a pro is making. And then that has like a ripple effect in uh, the professional level. And then yeah, just maybe back and forth. And then now you're just like, you're just skewing who's, who's making what, who has a chance of making what. It would be tough. It would be it very def- tough. Yeah, it adds a different an- another layer to it because it might incentivize you know people to stay in the league or in college for four years because you you know they might be making a hundred thousand dollars and you're like wow that's a lot of money. Oh yeah. And then like why would I want to go, uh you know get drafted like right now, and maybe not play? I mean it's just especially like in ba- basketball is probably the prime example of that. Like there are a lot of superstar basketball players in college that they just can't play in the NBA. They just, they, they, they're like Luka Garza. Like Luka Garza. That's exactly what I was thinking of. And guys like Kaminsky a few years ago at Wisconsin and like Tyler Hansborough, North yeah. Carolina. Yeah. And even like Grayson Allen, like there's a lot of guys like that, that would, yeah. Like you said, like, why not stay in college another year, make more money than I would in the NBA and have more success. That I am making in the NBA. Yeah, so you kind of have like this that's... talent creep almost, where it's like now you have this gap because more people are staying in college and not going to the NBA, you know, stuff like that. Or maybe even more people aren't. They don't have to. They don't have to recruit more people because they have a full team for four years instead of, you know. Yeah, that's true. Having to recruit more people after every two years, it's so it'd be harder to get into college and then. Oh, I don't know. That's long. That's oof. It's a huge issue, but I agree with the fact that NCAA wakes way too much money and they do not put any of it back into where it should be. Yeah. My bottom line is athletes are, think of it this way. They're manufacturing a product. They're putting this product on the table. This product is making billions of dollars and they're not getting anything. And that needs to change in one way or another. To an extent. What's to an extent? That they're not getting anything. I mean, yeah, okay. They get stuff. Yes, but they need to get more. High school basketball players go straight to the NBA. There, that's my last thought. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, that was good shit. There's a ton more that we could talk about there, but listeners if you guys have any opinion on that feel free to reach out and we'll continue the conversation on twitter yeah, let us know should zion be paid or should yeah. he not well he should not he's already getting the bag dude <laughs> already getting the bag <laughs> but next topic another another good one 
Should steroids be legal? Roid them up. I love this, dude. This is one of my favorite topics that we could possibly talk about. Fucking superstar athletes. I want to see them all hit it. Do you? I I disagree. Hundred percent. So so short answer, like should wait. Is this only baseball or is it like all sports? I think we should we could pro- probably focus the conversation on baseball. Okay. Because I mean, how much is steroids going to help you in basketball? Probably. I a mean, lot. football, yes, but. So yeah, baseball, football, I guess. Basketball, you'd be shooting half court shots every day. Steph Curry already does that. You think he's on steroids? I, yeah, he I, is. I, I think the only thing for basketball really would be longevity. It's it's such a skill based sport that yeah, it would just be for longevity. Um, yes, absolutely. Steroids in all sports. Really, that's that's my short answer. I say absolutely not. Why? Because it the integrity of the game. It does. <clears throat> why? What do you mean? Why? How why? do you, how do these athletes get to where they are? <laughs> they work their having the asses they off. They work their asses are, off to get there. Yes, they have skill. Are you seriously going to sit here and tell me that Barry Bonds is not one of the greatest hitters that's ever lived on this planet? No, I'm not. But he he did that without steroids until he decided to throw his career away by taking steroids. Like, why wasn't that good away. enough for him? I I don't know. You got to ask him that question. He didn't throw his career away. My my, I I don't. He's a hitting coach now. Like, clearly he didn't. Not anymore. The only people that aren't putting him in the Hall of Fame are fucking old white guys that are in the Writers Association for baseball that and don't know me. shit about baseball. And me. All right. Well, you don't have a vote on the ballot. I just want to take shots at the Writers Association or whatever they are that make that that vote on the Hall of Fame. But I my my actual like thought behind this is to improve the spectators' experience. People want to watch people hit home runs. Yeah, and they're seeing that now more than ever. Yes. Probably because most people are taking steroids. No. And they probably juice the balls. I mean, yes, they juice the balls, but I I would strongly argue that most professional athletes take some form of a steroid. Absolutely. If you if you want to go ahead and like create like a separate league where everybody can take steroids, that's fine with me. But don't touch the the legitimacy of major league baseball and okay not only that but like i mentioned so are you okay if they were to juice the baseballs instead no i'm not saying that i don't is that even like i know it's i think it is true i think so too but i mean it doesn't it doesn't like you still have to get to where you're at by applying yourself and it's 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 cheating but what about it is necessarily cheating i guess is what i'm getting at right i'm going to keep using barry bonds as an example him taking steroids did not allow him to see the ball better it allowed him it did not allow him to contact the ball better it allowed him to break the home run record yeah, but Why? through hard work still. 
I mean, it's not like you take steroids and all of a sudden you become Mr. Yeah, you Muscle still, Man. You, you exactly. Still put in that exactly. effort. I know, but I, it, I would it, be, it gives you an advantage. It does. I would be really interested to see if you were to take all of his home runs throughout his career and find out, like, okay, so, right, ones that go, like, barely over the fence, right? You could probably attribute and say if he wasn't taking steroids, they might not have gone out, right? You might be able to say that. But there's so many other factors in play there. I mean, I agree with it's you. It's not Absolutely. only that. It's where he contacted it on the bat. It's how fast the pitch was going. It's what the spin was like on the ball. And that goes back to before what we were saying. I'm not saying that Barry Bonds was a bad player. He's one of the best hitters ever. But you yeah, but can't I'm saying... tell me that a little extra muscle doesn't let you hit the ball farther. Look at I don't fucking, know if it necessarily does. Look at Stanton and Aaron Judge. You see the bombs that they're hitting, like because yeah. Nick Madrigal can't hit that. Because he's but Nick six Madrigal foot, on some boys. five foot six. Yeah, I, I I disagree. I think if you put Nick Madrigal on steroids, you still don't get what you see out of Stanton and Judge. Okay, that's an extreme example, but you know what I'm trying to say. I I, think, I understand what you're getting at. I think the only logical or not even. Okay, let's say that you did legalize so you take steroids. Marijuana. (laughs) That should be legalized. I'm fine with that. (laughs) Amen. So all the players would be allowed to take steroids, but that doesn't mean that every player will. Right. right? Why wouldn't you? But why wouldn't you? Exactly. So, For example, the 90s. Plenty of players didn't take steroids, right? But a lot of people did. You're, you would just have the same situation. What was, I mean, the 90s kind of was a better baseball. Yeah. It, it, trash, it, trash it sucked because you had really, really good players and you had really, really bad players. I'm saying it, you just need to make the even playing fields, right? So it's what's the difference playing of... playing field right now. Sorry, I know. What's the ahead. difference between no one taking steroids and everybody taking steroids? The bar moves up. It's now just the, the bar looks cooler now. What about what about like health issues, like long term health I, issues? That's that's my biggest issue with you it. Is I think that it would hurt a lot of people's health, as and an I'm not really happy a, with that. As a sports organization, you can't encourage to like. You're not. You're not encouraging it. If you're allowing it, but you're not. You are in a way. Right. I think it's a no, bad image, though. That's a bad image. You, you're telling every youth player out there that you need to take steroids to make it to the MLB. What? No, get the fuck out of here. Wait, Mitch, who side are you on? Yeah, Mitch, I don't know your stance. <laughs> what I'm saying, <laughs> well, I'm I'm arguing back and forth, but no, right now I'm He's saying, arguing with himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying if if they allowed steroids, that means you'd have to be taking steroids to make it to the MLB. You're never gonna compete. Exactly. If everybody's taking steroids, and I said, what kind of image is that? If I mean, in order to play, I mean, the MLB is basically telling every youth player out there, hey, you need to take steroids to make it to the MLB. You need to drug yourself. I, I just, I still disagree, though. I, yeah, I, 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 I disagree. I think that, sorry, Gav, go. I was just going to say, I think Ryan already said it, but if you, if tomorrow steroids were legal, I don't think everyone is going to jump to be like, all right, let's go on steroids, like. There might be a couple guys, but at the end of the day, a lot of these guys are going to be proud of their talent already. That's and until great. it becomes a problem to them, then they might. That's great, but like they're going to fall off. They're not going to be able to keep up. Yeah, why not? But you don't. Ban- you don't know that though, because 
I do. Look at the guys that were taking steroids in the 90s. Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, fucking, what's his name? Roger Canseco, A-Rod. Like, they were at the top of the game because they were on drugs and they were cheating. But was it because they were on drugs? I'm arguing that it's not because they were on drugs. I'm going to say it gives them an advantage. But, but Like I said, what's the advantage? A couple of extra home runs? A couple. I mean, it's 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 pretty substantial. Like we're talking seventy but, home runs in a season. We may never see that again. Yeah, but a yeah, lot of it. Why not? With... Because it can't be done. No. Why, no, why my, hasn't my it? Point why is, hasn't point it is, been done again? Can, has anybody quantified? Yeah. Yes. What the difference is. Listen. How many less home runs would Sammy Sosa or Mark McGuire have hit? In that season, okay. if they weren't on steroids. But look at look at the baseball era before the nineties, like maybe to like mid eighties. Then look at the steroid era and now look at after. The numbers in the steroid era are clearly just like overpowering the rest the rest of the history of baseball. Are they like overpowering? Now, are they overpowering or was there just a select few of people? that were really good in a very specific amount of time. No. And they are the outliers of that time period. No, we know that they <laughs> no, 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 but, but, but if you, we if know you go this. back throughout history, okay, hold on, think about this real quick. Okay, if we go back throughout history, I'm not talking dead ball era because I don't know what those guys were doing. Were they like swinging like fucking <laughs> wiffle ball bats or something? No, like, I, don't, I don't even know. Balls. Okay, I don't even know what they were doing at that time. But you have a guy like Babe Ruth who hit 714 home runs, right? In the 30s, 20s and 30s, right? And and you see the amount of people that are able to eclipse these barriers. I'm not saying everybody's hitting over 700 home runs because what's that group, three people? But I yes. think that as time evolves, and this is my thoughts in basketball too, is the talent pool gets increasingly better and better and better to the point where you have just like this extreme power creep. Like for example, I would form the opinion that the average baseball player today, like average, I shouldn't say average. I should say probably like superstar athlete, maybe a little bit less than superstar, maybe just like an all-star could put up numbers like Babe Ruth put up in twenties and thirties. That would be my, my, Theory and hypothesis, the same thing goes for basketball. I think the average basketball player today would absolutely dominate the 80s, 90s, all that stuff, right? That's my theory there. So why in the future, the problem is that pitching is getting better too, but why in the future can't there be more 700 home run hitters or 70 home runs in a season? Why can't that happen? I don't think it's because of steroids. And I don't think I that just it say, can happen again. So you look at it, right? We've had someone reach like that 700 mark for home runs, like kind of all throughout baseball, right? It's been, it wasn't just all one era, right? Right. From the thirties to today, pretty much early two thousands was the last time somebody was over. So it, right? like someone's consistently kind of been on that track. You know, we've had yes, great that, players. That's, right. Year. That's a generational and, player. You have to play for 20 plus years yeah, and so, you have to be consistent for at least 15 so what I'm saying is to all of a sudden never have anyone hit a, you know 70 home runs in one season and all of a sudden to have two in one year and then never happen really again 
I mean, it's only happened once, right? But but it's only it, been it's, what 20 years, 15, 20 years. I'm saying it, no one was doing it in the past. No, okay, no one's doing it in the present. And it was just that one, and it happened to fall no during the steroid close. era. It happened in the 90s. Like it happened during that time, and it's never happened outside of that era. Now, not I'm not saying that it can't happen because there, there's going to be some ridiculous, you know, Stan kind of guy that could do it. That could, but has it happened? No. So, like, how how do you say that? You know, it's never happened before. Then it all of a sudden it happens during the steroid era. How can you say that's not due to the steroids? Because my thought is that they were just the best players at the time. Maybe we hit a stretch where there wasn't as much pitching talent. Maybe there wasn't, right? Maybe there wasn't as large of a pitching pool. I'm not saying that Randy Johnson and Pedro Martinez and those, those guys were not great because they were amazing. That came to my mind. I, I know it was like the first ones I think of when I think 90s and like early 2000s. But I'm, I'm not saying that those guys did not have talent because they're obviously amazing, right? But maybe the average pitcher at that time was not as up to speed as today as the average hitter or amazing hitter, right? Yeah. Maybe there was a gap between the batters and the hitters at the time. I have something to counter that. So would we agree that if, if somebody were to do it again, if somebody were to hit 70 home runs in a season again, it would most likely be during the prime of their career. So say like 30, 31, 29, maybe. Yeah. How, you know how old Barry Bonds was when he hit 73 home runs in a year in 2001? Probably like 38. 36. or so. Yeah. 36. Mark McGuire, when he hit 70, was 34, which is, I mean. Towards sure. the end of that, you know. He was 35 when he hit 65 in 99. Not to mention the top six all-time leaders in single-season home runs, 1999, 2001, 99, 98, 98, 2001. That's prime steroid era. And these guys are doing this at the back ends of their careers when they needed a little bit of a jolt to keep their career going. And they got the jolt, I will say. But like, yeah, it's, I, it's not. I think there's more evidence against them than for them. It's, yeah, you're, you're relying on a probability that, you know, okay, pitchers had a down year, they had a really good year. And I'm looking at, okay, no, I can see the number. I mean, come on. I mean, you're trying to deny evidence with a possibility. That's what you're trying to do. And I, I get it. I mean, there, yeah, okay, you can you can believe in it, but I it's 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 hard for me to believe at least. The most we've seen since then is 59 in 2017 by Stan. And like all of the superstars that are in the league right now and in the last 10 years, like to say that they haven't even come close to 70, like, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear to me anyway. I don't know. My, my counter to that is the increase in pitching abilities. Spin That's rates fair. are increased. Speeds are increased. That's another thing. The, the, the average pitcher wasn't throwing 95 to Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. You know what I'm saying? They were just sending meatballs right down the pipe that they could launch. And why could no one else do it? Right. What do you mean? 
Why are those I'm only two? Like the three, because it's a, it's a small time period that this happened. The three names in question are the one, two, three, four, five, six top six single season home run leaders: Sosa, McGuire, Bonds. Okay. So only those three people were able to hit home runs. No one else could. No, that's not what I'm saying. But okay, also to kind of go off of the spin rate thing. I mean, you what remember that the one, very, the one that video? Fair point. The one video that Gavin sent a while back in the group about you know certain players using some stuffs to get the spin spin rate up. I mean, that's kind of like cheating. That's you know we can talk about that about the ethics and that and where that's kind of going with baseball. Mark McGuire himself says that he would have hit 70 home runs without PD. <laughs> well, there you have it. There you, you have know it. what? I trust him. I trust That's him. It. That, right. was, that was the first thing that came up when I looked up how many of us home runs that Mark McGuire hit, if not on steroids. <laughs> well, there you go. My mind has changed. Look, I, I'm absolutely going to say that those numbers are amazing, right? They're, they're through the roof crazy. They're outliers. They're outliers, but we have outliers all over baseball history. Yeah, all over I mean, baseball I, mean history. I, I do, I do like your point because there's no doubt that pitching is has gotten and is pitching definitely to better, get exponentially better. Like Why nobody so, was though? throwing 103 back in '99, and now you've got every other relief pitcher touching 93, and Jake Degrom. <laughs> fucking. Throws a hundred miles per hour for seven plus innings. It's unreal. <laughs> Maybe no, probably not. Yeah, Good. I think that. Yeah. Agree to disagree. But I liked that conversation a lot. I mean, regardless, steroids are still in sports, whether they're banned or not. I, I like the point that Mitch brought up, though, about the way that it's messaged to kids. Because yeah, that would totally affect a lot of kids. I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. That 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 would change my mind a little. They would they would have to deal with it in a very very delicate way. Very sensitive. Yeah, it'd be well. They can they can take certain drugs if it's prescribed by like doctors, right? Or no B or like yeah. Well, like if you know. Little Johnny Act. in Little League. No, no, an MLB, like, you know, if a player actually had, like, some sort of illness where they had to take, you know, some sort of steroid and stuff there, like that. There is there is a list, like a, uh, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Do not take list um, of a bunch of drugs that if you're tested positive for one of them, you're getting suspended. But that brings up a whole other point is that I am a huge advocate of. There is the, the, the main argument that they have when they get caught is, oh, I didn't know. There That's is no horrible. way in hell that you don't know what is going into your body. And more importantly, that it's illegal to the sport that you're playing. There is not a chance. You cannot. That is literally me. the worst argument that has ever been made. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I trust my doctor. I trusted what he was doing to me. No, no, you fucking knew what you were Bullshit. doing, man. <laughs> I, I just saw something 
or I, I was just reading something and one of the theories around the steroid era is that they tested juicing of balls during that time. So like they used to put steroids in the baseball? Yeah, they put steroids <laughs> into the baseball. Syringe. <laughs> Sorry, that's my last thought. Kind of an interesting idea. Yeah. Maybe they're tweaking it for today's game. Interesting. All right. Never seen that before, but that's pretty interesting. I have never seen that before either. But uh, okay, uh, I, cool I can ask a bunch of follow-up questions, but I want to move on to the next topic of Robo Umps. What do like Robocop? Yeah, I'm not saying like a robot standing behind home plate calling balls and strikes, but like as you see the strike zone on TV now, if the ball's inside of it, it's a strike. If it's outside of it, it's not a strike. So, I guess robotic strike zones. Logistically, like how would that work? I mean, like, I would. I, I think. Like, how would the player figure out? Okay, like the batter, and all of a sudden it passes. Be like, okay, where was it a strike? There's a speaker that just yells yeah. it out. I mean, there would be some strike sort of noise. I would assume it's in the it's in the plate. It's in or it's plate. like it's like projected on the big screen in the outfield or something. But I, I'm I'm against it. I think. So would there still be so an many pros there, and right? cons? Sorry, I Mitch. agree. I'm I'm I am kind of torn on this one. I, I guess I would say. What'd you say, Mitch? There would still be an umpire at home plate, right? There'd have to be. And someone's running home, sliding to home. Yeah, he's got to call it, right? Yeah, the, the someone yeah. in New York would so, call, yeah, right? Ro- Robotics. I don't. You I don't review it. I think the game I used to think I was all for it. I'm not for it. I don't think I think I'm leaning towards no, but I, I I agree with Ryan that there's a lot of pros and cons. How about this? How about the umps start getting fined when they do dumb shit? That's a good idea. That's my counter to that. that or that fucking like, fired. <laughs> yes. How does Angel Hernandez have a job? I could be a better umpire than that mug. Or or can we at least have like a a grace period, like ten minutes or like five minutes after a really close play or like give somebody some time to analyze something and the umpires just have to admit that they made a mistake and like fix the game. Two reasons why that will never happen is one human pride, especially when you're at the level that you are as an MLB umpire and two, they're doing everything that they possibly can to try to speed up the game. And any idea that comes up that will potentially slow it down again is just going to get bros off the side. Ooh, you know how you can get fans more interested in baseball? steroids (laughs) steroids <laughs> no there needs to be a there needs to be like a fan meter of like if it gets a, if it gets if everyone can vote on their phones and if they ain't liking the ump get your ass out, out. Bring their that base really field advantage. i like that that'd be great because I, yeah like I'll, I'll, be wa- I'll be watching the game and everybody can relate to this you see a bad call and you it just pisses you off like that oh, was a man. terrible call but also, like, if you were to implement a robotic strike zone, like, all uncertainty would disappear. Like, hitters would have even more of an advantage than they already do in recent mm-hmm. years. And, like, you would know exactly what to swing at, exactly what not to swing at. Like, you, especially, like, the younger generation coming up, like, what? training would be different. Like, you would know where the strike zone is at if the ball is there you're swinging if it's not you're not swinging and there's no black and white in between 
Like you, you, you learn with two strikes, you have to protect, right? But if you have a robotic strike zone, it's that's totally different. Yeah, but but you're still boiling it down to the fact that it's how good the hitter's eye is. I think it would make it easier to train the hitter's eye, right? To make it's, the hitter's right. eye better, it would be easier. But I. I would say that that increase probably isn't as big as you would think it is. You're, if it's if it's even within like an inch of what they were training to, they're probably swinging. And you got to pick up on spin rate or spin and everything like that. I I don't think it's as much of an advantage as you you think it would be. I, I think because you're still it. in the moment making that decision, right? Yeah, I think the only advantage that, or I don't know if you want to call it an advantage, it just it would be called so fairly that, you know, we would see it as a, a batter's advantage because now they're going to get more hits, they get more walks, and less strikeouts, because they actually know what the strike zone is, and nowadays, like they're just walking up there, each ump has their own strike zone. Strike you zone know? changes every game, right? They, yeah. they, you know, one ump can call it high while one ump is calling it low. It, it doesn't matter, right? So you're taking the the randomness like out of it, like the human aspect of it. Right. So, yeah. and we see that as like normal right now. And if you changed it to robo ump, then all of a sudden the batter's getting the advantage when really like they should have already had that already, right? But like I said, I don't think it's an advantage. I think that there's like saying. It's, more it's psychology not. at play when you're hitting than just mechan- – like the best people will be the ones that can be mechanical about it, shut everything off, and say if it's not within this box and can visualize it, then yes, I'm not swinging. But you're still going to have that guy that's got an O2 count. It's the bottom of the ninth, and there's two people on base. There's a guy in first and second, and he's still swinging at that high pitch. It's way out of the strike zone just because of the psychology behind the situation yeah and it's it's hard to put it in perspective now because i mean you would like to think and i i do think that it would be a lot less tempting to chase a slider down and away or a heater at your eyes but like it's, it's hard to say because I agree with you that that psychology is still there as a hitter. You still have milliseconds to respond. And like, I think that it would, especially right, over I, time, make it easier to make those decisions. But I mean, it's still. But, but still, ideally, the, the, the mindset going into it's the same. You're coming up as the batter saying, I know where the strike zone is, even though you might not, right, based on whatever the umpire is feeling that day. But you're, you as the hitter, like this is why I'm saying there's no hitter's advantage, are going up to the plate saying, I know exactly where the strike zone is, regardless yeah. of who's umping that day. I mean, yeah, by the second or third at bat, you could be like, okay, he's calling outside pitches, so I have to chase something outside. Yeah, until they call something inside. And then you're like, well, you haven't been calling that all game. Go ahead, yeah. That's when, that's when could you should do, get fined. I think we could do a combination. I think... That oh. we could have an umpire making. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I was gonna like, say that. Go. I was like gonna Devin say go. that. Okay. I was to gonna say that. I think using a combo, but I don't know if Ryan was gonna say this. I think it would be really cool to see a robo ump not used necessarily in game, 
but it's almost used as a metric for umpires. So like during the season, um, a lot of these umps want to be playoff umps because you get paid more. So the home plate umpires after each game can say, Hey, you were within 97% of what should have been called strikes. So guys who are starting to suck more and more and getting farther and farther should not be in playoff series games. I think they do that. I think they have a percentage, right? Something. Yeah. I don't see. I don't know that that something like that should be implemented to keep some of these idiots from officiating these games. Yeah. I I think, you know, if you're under a certain percent, you're canned. Right. You're not, you're not coming back next year. I mean, performance, it's right. That's how, that's how athletes are performed. If you don't hit this, this year, then you get paid less next year. I believe it's an, a union though. So it's, it, it's very tough to, I, I think it is. I think it's a union. I don't I, doubt that I it is. It is. It probably is. Um, so it's, it's very hard to actually let someone go based off that. But I mean, yeah. I think what you said, Andrew, about human pride and not wanting to be wrong. I think you just cut that out of the equation. Like you let them call balls or strikes. And if they're wrong, you just tell them like, no, that was a ball. And then they have to call the account as it is like basically just like a whole change to the hierarchy. But I think mostly, I think mostly we go for balls and strikes and that's all robo and things should be for. And that, then after that we have reviewing plays, which you already have. So. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to go back real quick and talk from a pitcher's standpoint, because we talk mostly from the hitter standpoint, but like pitchers, like starting pitchers, in the first couple innings of every game, like they they figure out exactly what the ump is calling and what it's and what they're not, and they will feed directly to that. Like if the ump is calling the outside corner, they will try to stretch that as much as they possibly can until they don't get the call anymore. Yeah. But with a robotic strike zone, like in order to get a called strike, you have to throw it in the zone. Like there's no there's no gray area. And I think that that would be an advantage to the hitters for sure. But that's what I'm saying. Like we're calling it an advantage, but is it really an advantage? Like as we see it, it's not because it should have been like that always. Exactly. I still, I like my thought behind it is that the psychology behind a hitting and pitching matchup is you've got a split second to make a decision on where that ball is going to be. And if it's going to be in the right location, and I don't think the sharpening of what is called a strike or not is going to change that situation and that decision-making process. That's fair. Well, because like the decision's said, made too quickly to consider it. Yeah, I, I, I do think that that's a good point. It's tough, man. I Like I said, I, I'm kind of torn on it, but – like I mean, the first thing that I was thinking of was like, okay, you have a three Oh count on somebody, right? The batter is going to think, Oh, he has to throw me a strike, but does the pitcher really have to throw a strike? Like then, then you're like starting to play even more mind games because you have this tightening of yes, it. So sometimes that, that's I'm just all just like a, it's a big mind. Fuck. And yeah, it definitely I, th- would. I, I don't, I don't know if that would change it. The robot thing. How about this? You just try it in like minor league games first and see how it works there, and then you can integrate it into. Uh, they've tried. Yeah, haven't the they tried the pitch timer? The They're implementing the yeah. implementing the pitch timer 
They've been implementing that in the MLB for like two years, years now. now. Yeah. Three, but like they don't, they don't enforce it whatsoever. Really, like it's no kind of like a plus minus like 30 seconds after. there's no punishment if you are not in the batter's box before the timer goes off like I, uh, it's just pointless to me it's it's something there that tells you i should be speeding up what i'm doing right now yeah, i guess but nobody gives a shit start finding them and i bet they'll start giving a shit i mean yeah that's if they really want to speed the game up but then they get backlash from the players association and it would be a mess Guess what? Who gives a shit? That's what the that's what the fans want to see. We're the ones paying for this shit. Yeah, which I also wanted to bring up because they have, in a way, um, implemented some ro- robotics. I say that term loosely, but like video replay has in, has recently been uh, introduced to the MLB, and I think overall it's been great. But that being said. It has also pissed me off. For example, like um, a, a hitter or a runner stealing second who comes off the base for a split second. And they're like, oh, challenge it. He came off the base. Like, no, that's not what replay is is to be used for. Like if he, if he pops off the base for a second and the glove, the tag maybe stayed on him, like – I know realistically he may be out, but like he's safe, dude. Like, come on. And that, and also um, turning double plays, like the a shortstop is taught to drag his foot across the base when the throw from the second baseman is coming for a smooth transition. And now replay is being used to say, oh, I think his foot was just off second base a millisecond before he caught the ball. Uh, he's safe. Like that's not what replay should be used for because 10 years ago, that's a double play every single time. And I don't think those are my, those are my only complaints. I think there's, there's a couple more things, but I mean, it's, overall, those, I think it's good. Those are still how the, that's how the game's played in, you know, in like college and stuff like, well, do they do replay in college? No, I don't, I don't like that's what I'm saying. Like little so. league and stuff like that. Like that's how the game's still played. And I feel like that's the the purest form. And what you're saying, yeah, I don't agree with the whole, you know, sliding in the second and popping off the base for a, literally like a split second. Yeah. And then getting called out just because we can see it now. It just, yeah. Right. And going back to what you're saying, like in Little League and like every level leading up to the MLB, like how are you going to be conditioned and trained to play this way your whole life and then you get to the highest level and you have to change like that's that's tough but again i think that replay brings more positives to the game than it does negatives like armando galarraga would have a perfect game if replay existed in what why can't they retroactively change that i don't know yeah i don't understand why they can't go in and change that I hate, I hate watching that, dude. It, it makes That's me... one of the hardest things to oh. watch. Oh, it's brutal. It makes me so mad thinking back, about it. <laughs> back to what Mitch said about finding. In instances like that, you'll never have it again. But something like that, ref need, or umps need to be fine. I, yeah. That well, situation they need to be blacklisted from the sport. <laughs> but yeah. they're, getting, they're getting told that from New York, right? Like That's a, re- yeah. That's honestly another thing. Sometimes I watch – 
what they're looking at. And I'm like, who the fuck is in New York making making this call? Because the call's still wrong. <laughs> Some random old white dudes. Yeah, because a lot of that goes to, like, the call on the field. You have to have conclusive evidence to overturn it. And sometimes you're sitting at home and you're like, that's pretty fucking conclusive to me. But <laughs> I just picture a bunch of guys sitting around a desk and they're just like, Ugh, we can't agree, so let's just – Let's just leave it. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, I mean, there's, there's flaws, but. There will always be flaws as long as humans are in charge of it. Yeah, I just think that uh, now they need to open it up so you can re- replay anything almost. Because there's there's cer- certain things that you're like, wow, that uh, why is why can that not be replayed? I mean, balls and strikes shouldn't be. No, balls and strikes shouldn't be replayed. No, but what was the uh, wasn't it like the um, when Adam Eaton he slid in, and he got like pulled off the bag. Oh right? yeah, and they weren't able to replay it due to like whatever they wanted to like specifically hone in on it. I think it was being pushed off the bag, right? Yeah. Was that was that the final? And you can't replay that. Well, like, I, no, because he was out. He was called out, wasn't he? Yeah, he was called out so on the field. Therefore, he was he wasn't pushed off the bag. Wait, no, I think since he, was, he was. I think he was called out on the field, but I think he was saying, "Well, I got pushed off before he." Like, I don't think the ump fully saw it. Like, he didn't make the call right when it happened. Yeah, you can't. It was like a delayed call. You can't replay something, in, like because it's if they do push someone off the bag, that's like intentional or whatever like he wouldn't be out right that's what I'm so saying. you can't replay that's the fact the fact that he pushed him off yeah you can't challenge that if if you can't you challenge, challenge like that... discretionary things i think like in, like intent you can't challenge that intent can right. you just like challenge the play as a whole and then they'd be like yeah he pushed him off the bag like you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's I mean, I the, they can't you, challenge anything. Or do they have to call and be like, hey, we want you to check out how he pushed him off the bag? And they're like, no, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't. Because, I mean, if you that's would, stupid. if you were to, just, to challenge the play, it would just be, was he Ow. tagged when he was off the base? And in that case, it would have been yes, because you can't challenge the. It's the intent. intent. I'm like, sure. that's, yeah. I, like, I like the way you said that, Mitch. You can't challenge intent. Yeah, on camera, you can't. You can't definitively say I see intent. Like it's it's almost impossible. I don't oh. know. Which sucks. Let's just say that the MLB sucks <laughs> at marketing their sport and making rules for their game. You know who's good at marketing the sport? Fernando Tatis. And Trevor Bauer. And Trevor Bauer. Basically, Trevor Bauer. Basically anybody that creates fake beef for major league baseball, like they're doing a great job for the sport. <laughs> Or real beef. Or real beef, yeah. Like, that was really interesting, though, to see him look down and then obviously took him yard. But Dude, I love that Bauer came out after that happened, and he was like, yeah, man, I'm all for it. Like, market this I, game. I love the, the energy. The, the he's always been is, like that. Yeah, that's what I like about it is that he's playing both sides. He's not, like, pissed off that he did, he did what he did to him, basically. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, yeah. You know, get whatever edge you can over me yeah. within reason. Because he no does steroids or. Oh, now you're saying no like steroids. Ah, there he is. That was like the. Showing his yeah, true colors. That was a joke. Yeah, okay. Whatever, guys. 
Yeah, joke my ass. Yeah, Troy Barber's great for the sport. My ass. Yeah, he's doing pretty well on my fantasy team too. So can't complain. All right, boys. Um, that was some, some good conversations. I think it was good. We're all very passionate about that stuff, and it's actually kind of hopefully interesting to people, even if you're not like the biggest sports fan in the world. But I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was yeah, good. Me too. And um, we didn't touch on the betting segment today, but uh, check out the video that's going to be up of Gavin getting shot in the ass with a paintball by Rue. And Gavin lost again this week. Gav, I'll let you uh, talk to that. I, It is TBD on what I'm going to be doing, but I lost pretty badly, so – I we're gonna I gotta turn it around this weekend. Dye your beard. Dye your beard. So Gav's <laughs> own two. We will have like a that. punishment coming up for him to be determined, and we will let you know as soon as we know. Keep an eye on our Twitter account. Uh send us emails if you got any ideas, if you got any opinions on anything we talked about today, if you got any ideas for future episodes, or if you want to be a guest star, let us know. We'll we'd love to have you on. But as always, me and the boys are out. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. We will see you in the next episode. Peace out. Peace Peace out, players.